0: it's been six months since we talked about a movie (laughs) but you you watch all of of the night huh a
1: lot of shit was going on a lot of shit was going
0: on yeah and you fucking try watching all of the 90s snl movies in a row and see how long it takes you to want to watch a movie ever again
2: yeah but we're back at last I'm sick of I Ebert. I wrote down a...
1: Hello. Uh, I should have said, oh! <laughs> oh! That's
2: how we have to open back this now,
1: to, yeah. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> back to Sicko and Ebert. This is... I have a... I want to... But I want to workshop this with you, because I wrote down a line from this movie that I, I thought is maybe a good uh, catchphrase for this podcast. Uh, Please. Are you ready? Welcome to Sicko and Ebert, an island <laughs> of reality in an ocean of diarrhea.
2: <laughs> Great! It's good, actually.:
1: <laughs> uh, We watched, oh, the Adventures of Fort Fairlane, and we'll get into all our thoughts. But before that, there's something I wanted to share with you, uh, because I have discovered something OK about... Um, what the fuck do I post? I post it here in the recording channel. Uh, would you please go to polyshore.com?:
0: Oh d- we got to go to parley- polyshore.com.
1: Look at him! Uh, I, I can't believe we haven't, like... I, I, either this is this new thing is a new development... This is a, this is a quite professionally done website, actually, for Pauly Shore. <laughs> for Paul, uh, for yeah, standards. by Poly Shore
0: standards, yeah. Because
1: <laughs> I've been... The reason why I even went to his website is because, like, a Facebook post I saw shared, uh, that mm-hmm. I sent you... Mm-hmm. In which he says that... Uh, he left Vegas... Which means that he left Pauly Shore and the Krusties and he's, he tried to st- start a band in Los Angeles but no one wants to be in so now he uh, he's asking his fans to submit, what's the word, applications to be in his virtual band which is just a 90s covers be- cover band uh, he's the new Eddie Vedder and you guys are gonna be the last, rest of Pearl Jam lol um, <laughs> So I saw this right.
0: It's the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I've never seen something so distressing. The fact that <laughs> nobody wants to be in a band with Polly Shore, it's like. It's like watching somebody get picked last for a team. I know. It's so sad.
1: There's a lot to unpack here, because, uh, the first, like, the obvious question here is, like, him. Moving to los angeles like is does that mean he is considering to like work hard to like th- does he does he want to get back into movies basically right like, is that why he moved to los angeles like that's the that would be the obvious reason for him to do that i guess hmm uh but if he but if the first thing he does there is wanting to start a band and no one joins it, then maybe it's not going that great
0: it's really sad. I, okay. So so you've directed me to the Pauly Shore website.
1: Yeah. So then I was like, wait a second, because I remembered reading about how Polyshore and the Krusties were supposed to release an album, and I was I I I, I was trying to look up if the Pauly Shore and the Krusties album is available somewhere. It isn't. Apparently, he only like he printed it on CD and just handed it out on concerts or on his uh, shows.
0: Also sad.
1: Yes, like just just put it on Spotify, like there's worse shit on there. Mm-hmm. Uh but then I discovered this header caught stuck in the hood here.
0: I was gonna top. say you- <laughs> This This is both alarming and sad. Like, everything Polly Shore is doing right <laughs> now is very sad. This this makes me feel a little <laughs> bit less sorry for him, but I still feel bad. Um do you want me to read this out please okay (sighs) stuck in the hood what do you guys think of this concept for my next movie i've been i feel like i should be doing a poly Shore voice but it's been like a year and a half so i don't remember how to do it yeah Uh, i've been working on it for a while and i think it would be hilarious don't you guys think check out the poster character breakdown and treatment please read and let me know your thoughts (laughs) Unfortunately, Snoop and Dre didn't get your tweets and shoutouts, but all good, thanks for trying. Sit on that for a minute, because think about what it takes for Snoop Dogg to not do something. I'm sure, right. I'm sure they're busy. They'll circle back busy. when they have time. Yeah they're, yeah, they're busy. They'll circle back when they have time. I'm sure they will, I have to c- tell myself this. But I gotta keep moving. So I redid Stuck in the Hood with Dave Chappelle and Donnell Rawlings. Once again, good hit them choices. up on Twitter, Facebook, great. Hit them up on Twitter, (laughs) Facebook, Instagram, none of which are capitalized, and tell them you think they would be great to do this movie with me.
1: Now, I Uh, do not think, I don't think Pauly Shore is aware of the mess that Dave Chappelle has gotten himself in. I
0: don't think he has any idea.
1: No. No. He doesn't know what's going on.
0: He can't. It's just like when he was promoting NFTs. I don't think he has any idea what an NFT is.
1: He's just, um, fa- like, he, he, he does, like, fan casts for his own, like, movie project that he, I don't know if he's, like, actually trying to get this to an agent, or if he was just, like, stuck in quarantine and cooked up this concept for stuck in the hood. There's a Photoshop here. This for, is insane. Uh, his poster. It looks quite bad
0: oh my god, I just hovered over it and it's it goes to a PDF?
1: Yeah, there's a whole treatment for this um, (sighs) for this movie, which uh, for reasons you'll see is uh, wouldn't be advisable for for us to read out. Yeah. Because maybe we can find like some
2: uh,
1: maybe for a future in the future we can come back and find like some moments that are good to read out, but this this whole project is what I would call a bad idea. This is <laughs> one of
0: the worst ideas I've seen in a minute.
1: So there's a there's a character portrait here. There's, a, there's another link, another PDF you can click on for the characters. And uh, maybe we can look at these. We have Polly Shore here where he has like face-apped himself like a Trump haircut.
0: Yeah. Is He's-
1: what this image is.
0: He's face tapped himself onto uh, somebody else. Poorly. Yeah. <laughs> um, he does not have a right ear. He's missing an ear, um, which I think is just—that's just kind of part of the. the yeah, the you can notice
1: like the the lines on his on his like face, like the edges where they like blend into the background awkwardly. It's bad. Um, he's playing the character, the main character, Tucker Miller, Played by Pauly Shore, early 50s, comma, his all-white privilege. This is a tagline for his character. And his description is, A hardcore trumper. Tucker's addicted to Fox News. Even more than that, he's addicted to golf. Worth half a billion, and he should be. He's a financial advisor to the rich and powerful. Makes silly racist jokes with his friends. Great. Oblivious to the fact that most everybody wants to smack him in the face.
0: Sounds like a great character. I can't wait to spend an entire movie with him.
1: Yeah, so here's the uh, here's where here's where this is like we get into Paul Shore's cluelessness <laughs> is that. I kind of get like okay, he wants to do a satire.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Paul Shore trying to make a satire about Trump guys which uh, a few years a few years late for this. Almost uh, quite I feel like he's, like, like this is very, like, an early, like, lib idea of the of the Trump satire, if you know what you know what I mean, but it's very clearly, like, that this idea is like his well-intentionedness of um, let's make fun of Trump, guys, leads to a lot of problematic
0: to say the uh, least.
1: (laughs) racial shenanigans overtones
0: (laughs) yeah this this looks and sounds and feels like it took him seven years to come up with yeah like it should for anybody else they would have come up with this in 2016 and it would have been a bad and stupid idea back then but like for this for him to be wanting to make this happen in 2023 Mm -hmm. is the most polyshore thing i can think of um yeah so as we go through some of this, I want listeners... I he want has your... a whole
1: fan cast here. And I... Yeah,
0: like, I bear in mind, it's... okay, really quick, before you go on, really quick, just yes. keep the ideas poly Shore, Satire, Trump, <laughs> and Stuck in the Hood just in your mind. Just have those up at, like, the top of your screen in your brain. All right?
1: Yeah, maybe look at this. Uh, I mean, you should definitely go on polyshore.com stuck in the hood and just look at this like photoshop mock-up he did of the cover because truly words cannot describe this appropriately
0: I can't believe what I'm looking at (laughs) (laughs) like can you can you what is the expression he's trying to convey in this in this poster image he's just like no (laughs)
1: No. He's... <laughs> he... <sighs> Remember the like moment in in the army now where like they cut his hair and he was screaming at the camera? Yeah. Like it's that but I guess he's. Well, this is this is an airbrushed photo of him either way. Mhm. But even even so, he's like old and probably had like some like rich people botox shit going on with his mm-hmm. face where he cannot like actually like do a real scream in his face, so now he just kind of looks a bit like halfway between surprised and just yawning.
2: <laughs> like, soy
0: jacks show more expression than this. Yeah. This is.
1: Let's just look Can at I the rest, rest yeah. of the cast. Please, go on.
0: Can I tell you, it looks bad. That's all I was going to say. Um. <laughs> Do we, are we looking at the characters of the treatment? Like, I, I don't think we can say the words that are in the treatment, so...
1: No, I mean, he's writing...
0: <laughs> he's writing words he has no business saying.
1: Yeah. Because How I
0: really, I do... like... I know it's a cliche, but I really do feel like he's been living <laughs> under a rock.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is like...
0: He has no idea what's going on.
1: It's like he has written the script in the 90s and then, like, repurposed it to, like, yeah. Trump.
0: Yeah, like, 15 years ago, this would have been Bill Mm -hmm. O'Reilly.
1: (laughs) Mm-hmm. Enjoying the- just scrolling through the treatment here, uh, and I'm enjoying this line here that says, Raven walks out of the bathroom all sexy. Ready for (laughs) round two, babe? Cut to the two of them having, in all caps, skull-shattering sex on the ceiling. Great. Uh, this isn't his character the, that Stephanie Haddish is having sex here. It is the character Gary Horowitz, who is um, who is that? Gary, Gary, Gary. I don't even see a Gary in the treatment here, or in the character list here. So there
2: isn't. Who the fuck? Great,
0: <laughs> great. I'm looking
1: for... So yeah, let's just let's just look at the let's just let's just go through the cast here for who who is assembled here. Uh, we have. Dave Chappelle as Terrell Carter, yep. is stuck in a business he hates and isn't very good at. Uh, his partner, Willie Johnson, played by Donna Rawlings, and then Raven Davis, played by Tiffany Haddish. Um, you'll,
0: notice, you'll notice that the three um, male leads are all in their 50s, and then <laughs> Raven is 35.
1: How old? So- I feel like Tiffany Haddish is older than that in real life. Yeah, she's forty-three years old. So maybe she maybe he <laughs> did write this seven years ago.
0: She don't miss. Can I can I read the description of Willie Johnson?
1: Because this is this is oh, the but he, worst. <laughs> Sorry, uh, pl- uh, I'll give you a second. But uh, while he while he uh, gr- underestimated Tiffany Haddish's age, uh, when Dave Chappelle is in his fifties, he is Dave Chappelle is forty-nine years. Old. <laughs> <laughs> He's so guessing. they're like Dave and Tiffany Haddish are like. Closer to, a- like, way closer to Adrian in real life than in his fan cast. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, okay, so this is Willie Johnson played by Donnell Rawlings, uh, 50s Terrell's partner. A bitter man. Willie's been in and out of jail for assault, pushing white people down the sidewalks of L.A. He believes that all white folks are fundamentally racist no matter what they say or do. His sole aim in life is to pay the man back for all the shit his people have had to endure. Through meeting Tucker, though, he discovers they're, that they're not all racist and regains <laughs> his trust of people, dot, 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 space, some people. The rest are still pieces of shit. This is the worst thing I've ever read.
1: How is, how is Tucker, who is already racist, like the one who he discovers that they're not all racist? Because that's...
0: he's the protagonist.
1: They probably get like on some sort of middle ground thing where they're like, we're not so different, you and I." Tucker in the end learns to be not racist. Uh, and the black people learn that not all white people Are racist That's I probably those. what I, uh, I imagine The ending of this mo- or like the conclusion Of this movie is gonna be probably there's gonna be Yeah John Lovitz Is here the typical two faced politician <laughs> John uh, Lovitz is here <laughs> Will F- Will Ferrell and Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> um, <laughs> Who of these actors do you think Is the most and the least likely he would actually Get
0: Oh God! Doesn't John Lovitz hate him, or does John Lovitz <laughs> hate somebody else? I feel like I remember reading about John Lovitz hating somebody that we've talked about. John
1: Lovitz, uh, did he? And what? And what? Did he come up in something we have talked about? He, I and, know he did. I don't remember what. I'm sure we talked about. Like John Lovitz is the kind of guy who would have come up. Yeah. On an episode of Sisko and the but. I, Maybe uh, I saw
0: something and I didn't end up reading it. John Lovitz, Paulie Shore.
1: I mean, it's probably, he was an SNL guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'd get John Lovitz just because, I mean, he wouldn't get, he, no way he would get Michelle Rodriguez or whatever. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely uh, not. He might get Dex Shepard, because I, I don't can, know what he's yeah. been up to recently.
0: I feel like he would, I feel like he could get Bobby Lee.
1: <laughs> sure. Um. <laughs> I'm just I'm... really curious about everyone's ages here. Dex Shepard is 48 years old. How old is his character? Early 50s. Yeah. Um. How old is Megan Fox? Because Megan he is Fox not is not getting to Megan be... Fox. He's not getting Megan Fox.
0: She deserves to be rich and privileged <laughs> because she's hot and Caucasian.
1: <sighs> Megan Fox is 37 years old, so that's that that fits. Um, yeah, that's fine. Still. Will Ferrell's yeah. character
0: doesn't have an age. He's immortal. Um
1: Yeah, I guess it's just Will Ferrell. Like
0: I one thing I really love is how all of the um Hispanic and Latino actors in this are playing members of um of cartel. the cartel. That's great. Um <laughs> I mean It's very good. They are, actually. but
1: also like at the same time, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: Like it's it's that's really
1: every, like every character in this is either like Either a mobster or in the cartel, yeah. Or they're a politician, all... yeah. Or cheating ex-wives.
0: <laughs> Those are the. That's the. That's the political compass. Yeah, it's like drug dealer, cartel, cheating ex-wife, politician.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's a lot more to say about stuck in the hood other than
0: I hate this. Paulie,
1: put your energy somewhere. Like fucking Paul Thomas Anderson needs to give him a call asap so he <laughs> Wait. can like. Get his head away from this, because when he's do not let this man cook
3: <laughs> <laughs> I ain't eaten
0: <laughs> <laughs> just just as a side note when I googled um John Lovett's Polly Shore, I yes. scrolled down a little bit, and since Google is good, of course, I got a reddit result, and all I saw in the preview is uh the sentence. If you've never seen Ween, Pauly Shore, and John Lovitz in the same YouTube <laughs> video, then you gotta watch Ween's Spring Break 1993. They don't provide a link to it. Somebody in the replies Oh my us.
1: god, yeah, this is from Ween.: uh, r slash years was ago. great.
0: The video isn't available anymore. God fucking damn it.
1: I would have liked to see that.
0: It would have been good if I could see
1: it. Like, that is very... Like almost concerningly that, like that's the kind of shit I would see like in my, uh, like promoted something. Uh, I I would be like Google knows too much about me if that shows up for me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's targeted. That's targeted harassment. Oh, I'm closing my tabs. I still have the 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 treatment. Oh, open. I did find.
1: <laughs> oh no, I did find my first result for po- uh, John Levitt's Polish. Or is it? A or tweet. Oh, good. Where he oh, says, what? "Why is John Lovitz so grumpy?" <laughs> Frowny face.
0: Because he's John Lovitz.
1: <laughs> he has to go through his life being John Lovitz. That is a man that. Did John Lovitz was John Lovitz like ever good looking? No, because I was like he did not age well, but uh, he aged like appropriately too. Yeah, what you would have expected.
0: Yeah, he 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 aged the way John Lovitz would age. He he just he just stays looking like that. Um, I guess my
1: my 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 first connection with John Lovitz for some reason is they because they brought him up on the Just King Things podcast because apparently there was a SNL sketch in the eighties mm-hmm. uh, where John Lovitz played Stephen King. And just, like, didn't look at all like him. Like, they just... <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the, the, the whole joke of the, of the sketch was that he was, like... Yeah, he was on a weekend update and, uh, and uh, he was, like, just typing all the time while, while they were interviewing him. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, if you Google John Lovett Stephen King, uh, you'll see this image where he is extremely not looking like Stephen King ever looked.
0: Yeah, he, that's... <laughs> he looks like Guillermo del Toro. Yeah!
1: <laughs> that's exactly it. He looks like anybody but Stephen King. <laughs> he looks like any guy who, like, in, like, ten years ago would have made, like, a YouTube channel where they reviewed comic books.
0: Uh, yeah. I know, like, five guys who look exactly <laughs> yeah. like this. He looks like my uncle. <laughs> He looks like anybody's uncle.
1: So anyway, that was that was our little uh Polishore update. This is um...
0: I saw I um I still had the the treatment open when I was closing my yeah. my, my my tabs, and I just saw the phrase QAnon membership card. <laughs> we have to we have to talk about something else.
1: I, yeah, maybe maybe I, I th- will because uh, this was a good like uh, first. You know, okay, here's what I will do. For the, for the next episode, I will read this treatment and just tell you about it. Um, Good. See, see if I found anything that is worth talking about. Because uh, there, like, there are words that, when I scroll through, just like immediately like yeah. cut to my brain.
0: I feel um, like we could make an entire episode just out of skimming through yeah. this thing.
1: Yeah, maybe that's a, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we'll f- maybe we'll figure out a way where how we can uh, talk I think about we can do this. Um, yeah,
2: get
0: um, you know
1: as long as we as long as we like skip over some of the minefields <laughs> 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 that
0: this has. Uh, all we need to do is be wiser than Paulie Shore, which I think is yeah. <laughs> entirely possible. Um, I feel like this treatment, this whole idea, this whole s- stuck in the hood, is a good jumping-off point. To get okay. into talking about the <laughs> yeah, adventures about of Fort Fort let's talk about the Dice Man. Okay, so here's here's my main reason. I'm gonna send you a pop a, pop a little image in here. Um, here we go. So this is a I guess a poster for the movie, and as you'll see, you'll see um Mr. Mr. Dice Clay in his funny um cow print vest thing, um, and the background is like a caution label, and it says caution this comedy may be offensive to men, women, animals, black people, white people, black and white t v owners vegetarians meat eaters cannibals it's very it's very yahoo serious website kind of humor, huh yeah, um, and when I was thinking about having to watch three Andrew Dice Clay movies and being yeah. aware of his reputation and legacy um of being Offensive man comedy. I was kind of dreading this. Not as much mm-hmm. as I think I should be, but I was also, I had a lot on yeah. my mind. But, like, aside from a couple of things, this was way less offensive than just the stuff that's. than most of everything
1: at. we've seen, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, any of the SNL movies is any like of the SNL way movies. more offensive than this. Oh, yeah. Like, here's my other. My other thing about this movie, this is the most I have enjoyed, like anything we've watched, <laughs> like this movie, I just had a great time I don't it know, was like,
0: fine, it was fun
1: <laughs> this is a perfectly this is just a perfectly good like neo noir movie it's um, silly it is it has like I genuinely laughed a lot, yeah, um, at moments that were intended jokes, yeah uh. And yes, it had some offensive moments, but the whole world of this movie is so cartoonish. Yeah. That, like, the misogyny just, like, barely hits.
0: Yeah. Because it's so
1: much, like, out of a comic book.
0: It is. You can't take it seriously.
1: This is, and this movie, like, contemporary reviews and everything was, I think, I think what happened is this. Mm -hmm. This movie came out, like, around the same time. Andrew Dice Clay uh, sold out Madison Square Garden two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And around the same time, he was, like, in the same year, he was hosting SNL, and uh, several female cast members and musical guest Sinead O'Connor uh, did not participate out of protest mm-hmm. from his offensive comedy. Mm-hmm. I-, I think between the time this movie got made, where he was hot shit, And the time it came out, the tides have turned in such a way that, like, an Andrew Dice Clay starring movie that was advertised by being offensive just, like, completely flopped. Because everyone has, like, turned against him. And I haven't watched any of his comedy. I heard it's really bad, like, really offensive. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, watching this movie, it feels like, in another world, like, this, this, like, toned down version of the dice man's persona could have been like the next i don't know a kind of like adam sandler type career or like will ferrell type career like i i think he's genuinely a charismatic leading man
2: yeah like
0: he he's exactly the guy you need for this character like if yeah. it, like I was amazed that this character wasn't invented with him in mind because he's based this this character Ford Fairlane the, the the funny character is from a comic book from like what nineteen eighty like the late seventies early eighties yeah
1: there was a there was there were like novellas I think Something or like short like stories published in some magazine and then also a comic book
0: yeah um,
1: um from the eighties yeah by some yeah, guy the- named Rex Weiner. <laughs>
0: Great, um, it's you know, but it's like it's 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 the point is it can't he was invented a decade before anybody knew who who Andrew Dice yeah. Clay was, and um, the fact and he's that-
1: basically uh, the the character Fort Fairlane is basically like a parody of like a fifty star hard boiled detective, like, and that's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh and you know and like like kind of like you know he's he's the rock and roll detective and he investigates he's detective rock hero shit i I think the aspect of this being a showbiz satire for the most part aged surprisingly well to me because uh you get the idea of like this is a very sleazy los angeles with like a lot of Mm -hmm. showbiz Uh, that's something that is like always going to hit
0: yeah i was kind of like when i opened it okay so i don't know where you watched it i watched it on the internet archive Mm -hmm. because it's on the internet archive ripped straight from a vhs tape shit quality
1: yeah i watched it on a um i watched it on a download uh that also looked like it was recorded on vhs
0: it, like Wait. when I watched it, it, when I watched it on the Internet Archive, it even had like the the uh, coming soon on VHS
1: release oh, really previews good. at the beginning. <laughs> I love that. I didn't. I didn't have that. I d- I did find this on the Internet Archive. Not not a time. Now that I just searched for it, uh, let me see if this is the same. I mean, probably not because I didn't have those released on VHS things. But watching this in really shit quality, like just kind of adds to the movie. I think.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's I feel like that's how you're supposed to watch it.
1: Yeah. Like this is this is just such a I kept thinking that this is such a perfect like cult movie. Like I don't get why this isn't like huge as like a midnight screenings uh, thing or as like a as like a like this 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 is a movie that would get a rediscovery. If you know what I mean, right? Like
0: Yeah, like I'm surprised this isn't like a cult classic, you know. Yeah. I don't know if there but... I don't know if there's like an underground community of adventures of ford Fairlane <laughs> fandom um,
1: i didn't see it because like there's uh there were some movies that i like a, f- a good exa- a famous example for like a movie that got like a huge resurgence in the past like five years is um clifford with martin <laughs> shore uh which is a movie that like flopped back then and now has like a huge fandom because it's uh it's got rediscovered it's like a very like old uh old humor thing like a very like um i think you should leave style movie and this <laughs> it, but for for clifford like all the all the letterbox reviews are like uh you know very glowing and it's 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 it was featured in a list of like movies that who's rating the most improved like over the last like since letterboxd exists right mm-hmm. on fort fairling you don't see this like you don't see a lot of like reviews of people seeing why this isn't a, a cult classic or anything uh, Yeah. so i guess it i guess it hasn't found its audience yet um yeah and you know i maybe i don't think maybe this is we like need a be... five star movie or anything but oh
0: yeah no oh absolutely not I was gonna say maybe we need to be the ones to, to resurrect it.
1: Maybe I think this so. is us.
0: Like... <laughs> <And> it needs the <laughs> sicko and Ebert bump.
1: It is. It is really good. Like this. Is, this is just the type of movie. That's what I was gonna say. Like this is not. Obviously, not a five star a five star movie. But it is the kind of movie that I'm always like hoping to discover. Like mm-hmm. the the best case scenario for watching a movie for one of these is like something that flopped huge. And is actually just like really enjoyable and offers you a glimpse into like a kind of different world where uh, where this took off or where, uh, you know, like it's it's such a it has it has this vibe of how do I put it? It's it just feels like it doesn't it doesn't feel like this is how do I say it doesn't feel like this is like how the movie like. Just like any '90s movie, it feels it feels almost out of its time in a way. Like it 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 feels like a time capsule, but in in like in like in like an alternate like reality way. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it came out in 1990. It feels it definitely feels like a '90s movie, but like not 1990, 1990. Yeah, or 1990s. You know, it feels like this feels like something that would have come out after certain elements of it would have gotten more. Tired, I guess. Yeah. Um, this feels like a 1997 movie, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or a 1999 (laughs) movie. Um, there are parts of it, and I don't know why. Maybe I'll discover them as we go through this. There are parts of it that kind of they're giving, um, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion to me. I I don't know why. Oh, it's a good movie. (laughs) Um, and I don't know why. They don't have anything in common. It's just the vibe. But like you you look at a movie like this with this bizarre cast. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what am I about to get into? What am I right. looking at? What the fuck is this?
1: But the key difference is because we've had movies with insane casts before. Yeah. Uh, but there's a huge difference between this and Coneheads. Oh, yeah. And the key difference is that all the celebrities, all the famous people, famous comedians, who showed up in Coneheads, none of them seemed like they want to be there or that they were <laughs> enjoying what they were doing. And yeah. this one just has, like, an incredible collection of guys <laughs> who are just all, like, hugely enjoyable to watch. Like They're They're having a great
0: time. Yeah, they are having a fucking blast, all of them. This is the guy dicks. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you are going to document so many guys in this. I'm I'm gonna read the- I have the Wikipedia page open, and I just want to read the names that I'm seeing here. I feel like I could be- Like, if Fallon was here, I could throw any, like- three names i could throw like two names from this and then whatever name comes to mind um and ask fallon which of these people was not involved in this movie and have them guess and it could be like a funny little game sadly i don't have fallon though (laughs) but um so some people that we have just some that stand out to me wayne newton who's fucking amazing i loved him in this
1: he's so good.
0: He's so good, um, Priscilla Presley.
1: Wayne Newton is like the surprise main. This has the this has a very enjoyable neo noir trope to me. Yeah, is the story of the detective like going through this whole underworld and like following all these clues and like a lot of uh, people die on the road, mm-hmm. and in the end, it's just the. The guy who is, like, was, like, obviously the bad guy from the start.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: who is the bad guy behind it all. When Yusin is, like, is the evil record producer.
0: And he's so good. He's such a sleazeball. He's um, so
1: delightfully evil.
0: He's so good. He, like, I was amazed. But I've also seen, I've also watched, um... Vegas vacation a million times which also Mm -hmm. features Wayne Newton playing himself as sort of an antagonist and he's also delightful in that um so I was kind of primed to be like okay Wayne Newton enjoyable um but he's so good here he's he's so good um but yeah Priscilla Presley um who I think we need to talk about in a minute we'll we'll I'm just gonna go through this a little bit more Uh, uh, Morris Day of And The Time. Uh
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Um, Robert Freddy Krueger England.
1: Robert England. Robert England. He is, maybe if I have to give an MVP award to this movie, probably goes to Robert England. He He is fantastic
0: yes he is throwing his whole ass into this he is having such a good time like i can't think of a time i feel like this is the most fun i've ever seen somebody have playing a part in a movie
1: for sure and like it's not that robot england isn't having fun as freddy yeah 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 it feels like not wearing the makeup like frees Mm -hmm. him up to just go ham even more
2: yes
0: exactly um Ed O'Neill who might great. great my my head here is that Ed O'Neill's character in this went went on to become his character in Wayne's World um <laughs> baby Gilbert Gottfried is in this
1: <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried is so is so great in this too he's so uh, good he is I, I popped huge at his scene he is <laughs> He is just such an all time guy, like just he's one of so the good. guys of all time. Uh,
0: Absolutely, rip! Another
1: Gilbert, 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 Gottfried <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried is like Gilbert, you get to. is like the most like out of the type of guy who was like who has done some like horribly offensive shit in his comedy, right? He yeah. is the most like you can't even get mad at him because he's just you can't. so likable.
2: <laughs> he
0: is. He's got the he's got the weirdest charisma that I've yeah. ever seen a person have. And it's weird for that scene to like see him not doing his voice. Cause like I kind of realized in that scene, I was like, have I ever heard him just like not do
2: that?
1: Yeah, this is a very rare Gilbert Gottfried moment. Like very he does rare. that a couple of times, uh, but like not when did I mean I guess he was on Stern already at this point because I, I read in the trivia that they were also considering Howard Stern in this role mm-hmm. Uh, way better to have Gilbert here <laughs> like absolutely. that was a very very good choice to go because the character he plays is like a Howard Stern like he is playing a shock mm-hmm. jock um, yeah but unlike Howard uh, Gilbert is likable <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he does the thing where when he is uh the shock jerk on radio, he does the voice, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then when he and talks when to yeah. uh to, to Ford, uh he like drops into his like normal voice and it's just like mm-hmm. a great acting choice. Like it it gives this it gives this minor character Yeah so much depth immediately.
0: It does. It's really good and like because the 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 conceit behind him kind of coming into this is that he he and he and uh, Andrew Dice Fairlane were friends back in the day. They they go they go way back,
2: and yeah.
0: I really like that. Off the air, he gets to show that he's it's 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 also it does the the job of also showing that these two have a history and that like yes. Ford Fairline knows that, you know, he knows he knows who this guy is on a on a level that like, you know, obviously not just the listeners are gonna know him, but, you know, other people, you know. Yeah. Are gonna it's it's so good. Um Fucking Vince Neal is in it for the very first scene. He <laughs> dies immediately. He's exactly who he needs to be. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Vince Neal is just like Vince Neal of Motley Crue is just like himself. Like he yeah. is uh the lead of a hair metal band mm-hmm. who uh dies on stage. That at first everyone thinks it's an overdose, but maybe something is fishy.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so good to like I love I really love that because I'm kind of a... s I'm I'm a stickler about portrayals of metal subgenres. Yes. <laughs> for for reasons that if you're familiar with Roy Lore should be obvious. <laughs> um so I felt like when I saw kind of what his role was, I was like, oh god, they better not do the thing where they make him like evil satanic, you know, oh, this is what this is what, you know, satanic panic portrayal of metal. You know, because I'm like, I'm not gonna buy Vince Neal as like playing um like a Tom Aurea, you know, I'm not gonna believe that. Um, but they have Vince Neil playing a Vince Neil. Yeah. He's just a hair metal guy, and it's perfect. Yeah, I think it's what ex- works yeah. for
1: me is, uh, and I think it goes in a similar direction than what you were saying, but for me, uh, the, the worry is, like, it comes from the other direction, which is, I was worried it's gonna be, like, one of those movies. I don't know if you know, uh, if you know the musical slash movie, the jukebox musical that was then adapted into a movie called Rock of Ages.
3: Oh, uh, God.
1: It is quite terrible. <laughs> uh, but that's a movie that is trying to sell you that like hair metal is like that equates hair metal with like rock and roll in a way that where shit. like this is the real rock and roll. And this is the only good music. And it like is very ahistoric. Very yeah.
0: Cringe and very like
1: it's a movie that like sells you a world of rock music where only the worst like arena rock hits exist, right? A
0: world that never exists. That world that never existed.
1: That shit. It it and like the Motley Crue correct collection connection is there because Tom Cruise in that movie does sing a Motley Crue song. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's one of the one of the rock bands they steal from. So. My, my mind went to be immediately there, but what this movie does really well is that it just shows this, uh, this hair metal band as, like, like kind of a dumb, like, one of the subgenres yeah. that exists, right? Like, it, uh-huh. it, doesn't, it doesn't equate Bobby Black with, like, a genius or anything. Like, uh, right. what's, what's the name? The Bla- Black Plague is the name of this band. Yeah. Uh, in, in Which also in the feels movie.
0: realistic and, yeah, because, like, there, were, there yeah. were plenty of hair metal bands that, like, had a name that sounded kind of evil but then yeah. <laughs> like you really look at what they're doing and it's like really it's, it's but it's it's exactly what it it's it's that's what it was it was stupid and it was showy and everybody be doing they damn drugs and um it's just it's it's like it's just he's just he's a pawn in this greater plot it it like I don't know how to describe it other than it just works really well. He... It's it's just a very realistic portrayal used very well. Yeah. And he also looks like he's having a great time when he when he <laughs> eats shit on stage. It's good. Sheila E is in it for a total of probably six seconds.
1: Who's <laughs> she <laughs> <laughs> always um, club singer? Okay.
0: Uh-huh. Um, Tone Loke is in it because he's Tone Loken. If, if there was a movie in the 90s and somebody asked Tone Loke to be in it, he would be in it.
1: Hey, you know what? I was just looking at what the people who wrote this movie uh, have done, because you were talking about, like, accurate portrayal of, Mm -hmm. like, uh, rock bands and everything. You know what? One of the writers is Daniel Waters. You know what the movie was that he wrote, like, right before this? What? It's Heather's. (laughs) Let's go! So there you have it. Like that makes one hundred percent sense to me. Oh yeah,
2: and
0: then and then there's a Kurt Loader cameo on eighties MTV, and I really like that. I thought that was really good. That Kurt that they just like had this little MTV spot, and it yeah. felt like a it felt like a real MTV spot from like the late eighties, early nineties. It was like the whole thing is just there's just this casual like it's this cartoon world but the aspects of it that are um I'm going to use a I'm going to use an MFA word for this uh very there's a verisimilitudinous quality to uh-huh. it
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that like heightens the aspects of it that are goofy yeah um
1: yeah the world just feels so lived in because yeah, of all these details like exactly there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a joke that got a huge laugh out of me, speaking of... Uh, and then every time it came back, it got a laugh out of me again. It was the fucking koala that he got from an <laughs> It's
2: so dumb!
0: <laughs> it's dumb parentheses positive.
1: Yeah, like, this is the opposite. Because, like, we talked about in the SNL series, we sometimes caught something stupid as, like, the worst way this yeah. This koala joke is stupid in just the right way, because first uh-huh. of all, I'm like, oh yeah, I know Inexus they're, they're from Australia, so <laughs> <laughs> I got that one and then this fucking koala is like it's like this animatronic but it's, it's like, like a,
0: it looks like a stuffed animal that they yeah. like carved out and turned into a puppet
1: yeah, but they're like it's
0: the fakest koala you'll ever see on screen which is exactly <laughs> what they need
1: it's so perfect, because then they keep like, the whole movie, like It is, we're supposed to understand it's a real koala that in sent (laughs) to him. (laughs) But it's just like, it looks so, it's just, it's just really funny. It's just just a good joke.
0: And they do, they do this bit where, like, as a, like, they have these two guys, and one of them looks like Kenny G, and they're supposed to be these, like, enforcer guys. And they come and fuck up Ford Fairlane's house, and one of the things they do is they hang the koala (laughs) from the, the ceiling fan. And you can't even get mad really because it's such a fake looking thing and they've, It's a stuffed like,
2: koala, yeah.
0: It's a stuffed koala. And and then at the end of the movie they bring it back with like, you know, the the successful, you know, here's here's the the epilogue, you know, a little bit. And they're they're on some beach chairs, and they pan over, and the koala's on the last one. And just the last thing is, you didn't think we would really kill the koala, and it's this—it's <laughs> so dumb. Pro- it's so dumb. Parentheses positive because it's this
2: stupid-ass fucking stuffed koala, like
1: yeah. And it's, it's like I don't, <laughs> you, you know those you know those 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 anime that have like. This is this is a fucking stupid. This is every some I feel like someone is going to kill me for making this comparison. But you know how in Revolutionary Girl Utena they just like have like an animal sidekick for no reason. Yes. <laughs> like this is what that feels like. Like there's a
2: yeah.
1: There's 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 a stuffed koala that they just that they <laughs> they got as a gift from Inexus. <laughs> and it's just now it's just his friend. Uh nobody's yeah. gonna question it.
2: Yeah. It's just there. It's <laughs> and this this the
0: fact that it's in its in of Koala is so good. It's yeah. It's very like Peter Frampton on The Simpsons with the inflatable pig, oh I got that at Pink Floyd's yard sale kind of joke. Yeah.
1: It's just, like, it's just so, like, the more I think about it, because the, the, the other the other side of this is that I don't think there's any... Like, obviously, the joke is they're an Australian band, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked with ACDC. No! <laughs> it wouldn't have worked with uh, fucking... Who's another Australian? Kylie Minogue. Like, it's just... <laughs> Inexus is just, like, the perfect punchline for that.
0: Yeah. Like... ACDC has too much else going on.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really good.
1: Uh, Fucking... We have the guy from... We have Sam the Sleazeback, who's played by David Patrick Kelly. I always forget that actor's name, but he's like one of those guys whose face you're gonna recognize immediately, either from The Warriors or from Twin Peaks. <laughs> uh, he's, um, he's Jerry from Twin Peaks, and he's, uh, in The Warriors, he's the main antagonist, uh, Luther. He just has like one of those like natural like sicko faces. You know he what does. I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
0: he does. He's giving sicko. He's fun. He he has like a bit part. Like his he name has, is Sam the Sleigh.
1: Sam the Sam the Bag. And uh, when uh, at the beginning where uh, there was there was there was also one of the because like sometimes. Sometimes dice like lets out one of these diceisms, yeah and uh when he when he catches lamb lees bag in like basically like the the prologue of the movie or the like first like the first like case or like the first mm-hmm. the first thing that happens is uh he like shoots the disco ball that it that it uh like he's like. So many bad guys to catch and so few bullets. So he shoots like the thing that the disco ball hangs on and that like traps uh Sam the sleeze bag. And, <laughs> and then he as as two like women are fawning on him like in like in a James Bond thing or in a Charlie's Angels like as as two of the women are like fawning on him from the side, he says Clint Eastwood, I fucked him. Whoa yeah.
0: <laughs> And he doesn't why <laughs> later on? I forget who it is. I was thinking about it later on, though.
1: Yeah, it comes back. Um,
0: it's just this... some guy. I fucked him. It's... Uh, why is that good? <laughs> why is that so good? Know. I love that.
1: It's, it's just such a good delivery.
0: <laughs> it's such a good... <laughs> <it's, laughs> there's so many things in this movie that are just stupid parentheses admirable. Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, the whole, like, the... the like, I think I think another... Because I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think it, it's worth, like, going through the plot beat by beat, because... Uh, no. It has one of those neo-noir things that... Uh, that I always get... Kind of get lost at one point in, like, who is... Like, how the... Because these, these investigations always have so many twists and turns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that it gets confusing after a while, and that's not... That's not a knock on the movie, cause like every 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 movie of this of the genre is gonna lose me at one point. <laughs> um yeah. in the plot. Uh but one thing I really enjoy is that the MacGuffins are like these CDs. Yeah. That uh first it's like the first CD he finds just like doesn't give any uh, meaningful result and then in the end his assistant jazz uh, his assistant and mm-hmm. love interest jazz uh who's
0: played by mary
1: swanson from dumb and dumber oh okay i didn't yeah. i didn't recognize her
0: i can't i haven't I was seen like, dumb and dumber so oh oh i was like i kept being like is so familiar who is this and then i looked it up and i was like oh samsonite you know
1: yeah
0: <laughs> and um <laughs> And it was good. She's 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 so cute. She's so
1: she's cute. Gra- Here's the other thing about this movie is the whole the whole shtick with uh, this guy who is like this uh, this hot womanizer, sh- hot shit uh, guy who just like always sleeps with women, but he only has emotional connection with the one who is like his friend, and in the end mm-hmm. they get together. There's a lot of things you can say about how this is like bad writing of women, or you know. I yeah. enjoy it. Like, I think I, they're cute. Yeah.
0: It's they chem- are. They, yeah.
1: They, they have good chemistry.
0: They feel, they feel like they have a history together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's just... a
1: trope, but it's like played off like in an enjoyable way or in a believable way. So, yeah. Because... It
0: works here. Yeah.
1: Um, what was I gonna say? I, oh yeah, Jess figures out that you have to if if the, if you play two of them together, you have to play a third of them together, and then you find the right like message, which is like just really delightfully like convoluted. In like, yeah, I'm, I know this technology doesn't make sense, uh, mm-hmm. which is always great to have that in like a kind of dated movie. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> where they come up with like some sci-fi technology.
2: Yeah. And speaking of the CDs...
1: Uh-huh.
0: Can we, can we talk... Okay, Please. so there's this... <laughs> yeah, so there's this whole... whatever. The CDs are... they have to do with this whole counterfeit pirate CD bracket. Who fucking cares? They have these track lists or, like, album lists on them. And there are two screens where they show what's on these, and they have these, like, track lists, and I need to read these and talk about these, because
3: <laughs> they're so good.
0: They're so good. Okay, so I have one that I sent to you. Yeah. I took screen caps of both of them. So, this, I guess, shows um, the album Tattoo by Black Plague, the, the, band, the famous band of the movie. Um, and they actually made, like, a little album art for it. Um, I love this. Uh, and the tra- <laughs> Here. number one your mom dot 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 <laughs> number two the big huge, <laughs> big huge.
3: <laughs> that's
0: some shit i would write in the background of like one of my comics yeah it's so the big big huge is a name of the season name next we have number three my nazi wench Sure. Uh Uh-huh. Number- Number four, though, we're bringing it back in a big way. Suck the bunny.
1: Fantastic.
0: Think I will. Number five, Hun, I screwed the kids.
1: (laughs) Just really bad, but also very funny.
0: It's- Yeah. Um, number six, Bruce Bruce Poked Poked (laughs) Maud. That's so (laughs) (laughs) good. Which is another name of the season name. Um... Number 7, Requiem of Paco the Shoeshine Boy by Wolfgang Binky.
1: I fucking lost it in that one.
0: Wolfgang Binky. <laughs> uh, I have to pull up my other device to get the, the, the other track list.
1: Requiem of Paco the Shoeshine Boy by Wolfgang Binky is like, <laughs> one of those things that like, if this had become like a bigger cult movie, like, you would see that everywhere.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. The other one uh, has, this is a different album, Black Plague Requiem uh, by Black Plague, and it also has a an album cover knock, uh, like mock-up. Um, number one, I Love You. Okay. Number two, Suck the Bunny Again.
3: <laughs> a classic.
0: You <laughs> gotta do it. Song's so nice, you record it twice. Uh, number three, Teenage Suicide. Standard, but it works. Um, I feel like that could be... I think that's
1: maybe a reference to, like, the previous movie by the same screenwriter. (laughs)
0: That's exactly what I was gonna say. Um, number four, Hot Juice.
1: Fantastic.
0: Number five, Sexual Pudding. (laughs) And these, keep in mind, these are things that are shown on screen for maximum two seconds. Yeah. Just long enough for me to screen cap it. Uh... Number six, Violation. <laughs> um, and these just, these are hair metal songs. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, this, seven, is,
1: this is when, uh, I think in the 90s, uh, a popular criticism of, like, that hair rock scene. Mm-hmm. Was, was, like, exactly this, that it's just, it's just Spinal Tap, but unironically. Like, it's the Spinal yeah, Tap, yeah. like, uh. Sniff the glove album cover and they're like actually <laughs> they're doing that. Like the fucking... Yeah,
0: this is all like my love pump.
1: Yeah. Like I don't know if you've <laughs> seen the uh album cover for Around the Fur by uh by Deftones, like that's like <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: one of yeah. those where
1: it's like, okay, sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um and then the last track is Requiem of Paco, the Shoeshine Boy by Wolfgang Banky again.
1: Again, yeah, that's um, uh
0: And, like, there's, like, a weird amount of detail put into these little screens, too. Like, they have different timestamps. They have different, like, release dates, I guess. Um, They have the little album cover. I don't know. It's such a tiny detail that they didn't need to do. Um, They could have put lorem ipsum, but they didn't do that. They went... They they not only... (laughs) put actual things in it but made them actual things that are like if i were a hair metal band if i were four men wearing makeup and spandex in 1990 and i looked at this i i would lose my shit i'd be like <laughs> this me for real
3: yeah <laughs> it's, so,
0: it's so it's so exactly what it is it's it's and it's crazy to have like such a cartoon ass world feel this lived in and andrew dice clay who weirdly we haven't talked about as much as we might have our other leading sickos yeah um is a cartoon character he's got the most accent i've ever heard in my life yes he's got the most shtick i've ever seen he's built like a stardust crusader yes (laughs) he's He's got the widest shoulders I've ever seen a human being have. Um, And he he belongs in this world. He feels like he came to our universe from here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. He's, I mean, this is, if and I, I have a suspicion that when we watch the other his other few lead acting efforts, the conclusion is gonna be that his had one perfect leading role or like one one role that like fit his type of guy just mm-hmm. like just like a glove right and it's yep. uh, and it's this one like this is i don't know yeah, where this you one, go yeah. from there like in a in a better world this would have gotten like a bunch of sequels <laughs> like yeah yeah is, yeah this is uh, I mean, you can easily like do as much as you want oh, yeah. with this character i uh i actually have like uh my wish collaboration is uh, <laughs> is for. I mean, we've been joking at Paulie Shore and uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, but but this is like actually, I think this would be a good idea if Shane Black did a Fort Farley movie. <laughs> um, the because uh, because if you've seen the Nice Guys, that's like exactly the type of vibe that this movie is. <laughs> uh, I think it could be like you know one last case. Uh, he's pulled back into this uh, into this uh, record industry world. I think it would yeah. work. I think it would be really good.
0: Yeah. Like, as much as there isn't a rock music scene in 2023 anymore, like, that shit does not exist. You could do some shit with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be, like, part of the... Absolutely, uh, yeah. Part of the thing. Because uh, he mm-hmm. is already, like, here in the 90s. He is already, like... Yeah. A man out of time. And there's a Yeah, yeah. There's a scene where um where he uh he is in the recording studio where the where Wayne Newton is um uh, is making his like upcoming uh teen pop star
0: his industry plant his
1: industry plant yeah. uh <laughs> record his like shitty soft pop song. Yeah. And he goes <laughs> in and he's like Here's here's what real rock music is, and then he does like a '50s rockabilly, uh, yeah, song, and that's just such a that 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 just really like shows how much he is like out of time. Like he is, we've seen like the Motley Crue band before, so like being this, you know, this is real rock and roll. Kind of like does a good bit of characterizing him as someone who is like. You know this this like cartoon character guy who mm-hmm. is like uh, from this like rock and roll world or this like yeah uh, this like Joe Taro ass uh, <laughs> or uh, you know Stardust Crusader ass like uh, yeah Fawn's guy <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: exactly he he looks like. He looks like if you drew an outline of him, you could make any 1990s JoJo character. Yeah, out of him. <laughs> he lo- he he has JoJo energy. Yeah, and it's not yeah, just absolutely. in his build. Yeah, he he's just he looks like he himself could be a side ki- like a side villain.
1: Yeah, I mean the way he says "oh" would be oh. something that you would have like from a. One-off stand user that she does that like after a free
0: yeah. Uh, if I saw him winter. in real life, I would be able to identify yeah. the stand
1: user. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to talk about the kid.
0: The kid. Yeah, we got to talk about the kid.
1: <laughs> There's just the kid- because that, that's another one of those things where like in nine out of ten movies that do this, I hate it. Uh huh. But in this one, it's just really good. It's just really funny.
0: Yeah. There's this kid who keeps hounding Ford Fairlane to find his dad, and he has this fucking, so the trope is for, like, the, you know, there's, there's gotta be, like, a thing from, like, oh, I, I, I got this from my dad, you know? It's the relic, the heirloom, whatever. In this case, it's this fucking McDonald's Happy Meal-looking-ass yeah. <laughs> Fred Flintstone ring, and every time they zoom in on it, you hear this <laughs> yabba-dabba-doo echoing sound effect.
2: It's so good
1: <laughs> It is. He's like he's he's always Fred like good. following Ford and he wants to be like Ford and he does yeah. his moves. He's like a mini Ford. Uh, uh-huh. and Ford is always like uh if I hear you say the F word again, I'm gonna make you shut the fuck up. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> He's uh he's trying to be like protective of him, right? Or be like the responsible adult to him, but like he can't. Like, because he can't, like, not be himself. But, like, Uh he's, like, he's gonna, Ford is gonna light a cigarette, and the kid is gonna light a cigarette, like, in the same move, and then he's gonna, like, throw that away, like, put it out of your mouth. Don't you, haven't you had, like, uh, drug PSA classes in school, you know?
2: Yeah. (laughs) For real.
1: It's just really, I think it's good because the, the, the child actor who plays the kid is just, like, really fully committed to it, like. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've never seen him in anything else. I don't know who the fuck this kid is.
1: Yeah, I think he was just a child actor, like, uh... Yeah. He played, uh, Hobie Buchanan in the first year of Baywatch.
0: Okay, great for him. Like... He
1: was, uh... Yeah, he wasn't in, basically, any... I'm I'm looking at what, uh... Yeah, he was in 20 episodes of Baywatch. He was a child in Magnum P.I. Um Tremendous. Maybe, maybe that's why he's so good at this role. Cause he's been like in these like detective shows or these like <laughs> these like kind of like B TV shows that uh, that like fit the vibe of this.
0: Uh huh. It does fit the vibe. Um,
1: you said you wanted to talk about. Uh oh yeah. I mean, just to just to close in on the kid plot. Like in the end, in the end, Ford does find out that. Uh, robot england actually killed the kid's father and then he kills uh, robot england uh, so mm-hmm. uh, that has been wrapped up and in the end he basically adopts the kid
2: yeah
1: i <laughs> uh, want to talk about priscilla it's... presley
0: yeah we gotta talk about priscilla presley <laughs> fucking so she's the like she comes in and she's the like sort of femme fatale she i is. guess she's kind fatale, of yeah yeah. And she has, like, basically the same exact case to give to Ford Fairlane that, that Funny Gilbert had. Yeah. And, um, she, like, you know, it he, he gets on this whole thing about he thinks she, that she's the one who's behind everything, but it turns out she was actually innocent. Um. And I like her in her first scene. She doesn't give a shit. Yeah. About him and his his funny his funny ways and his quips, she has such a fucking ice cold burn for him too, like he does this transphobic joke right this yeah. extremely nineteen nineties <laughs> joke that I'm not gonna repeat, and then her comeback to it is it's all right, I don't have a sense of humor either. <laughs> I love that
1: it's so good. I mean it's, it's so good. The the way I think mean, it was you know, it's a bad taste joke. Uh it is to make, but the way she reacts to it, like Nothing. almost makes me like not mad at it because it's like uh, yeah. such a good reaction, right? Like
0: It is, yeah. Cause it's like and it's like at that point you've already seen that like Ford Frailing is kind of a shithead. Yeah. Um he he um he is rude and crude and um but he also has this streak in him that like you know you know he needs to like you know he has flaws that he needs to overcome you know that he's going to be taken down a peg by the end yeah. of the movie and this is a good moment to see him be dealt with by somebody who can do that you know and i love that it's this cuz like when i hear the words transphobic joke and mm-hmm. 1990 in the same <laughs> sentence i'm like
2: I don't want to do it.
0: and I love that he he does the thing where he says the joke and then he tries to like repeat the punchline. Yeah. To be like, isn't it funny? Isn't it and funny? she's just like, no, no. reaction. <laughs> Dead silence.
1: It's like this is why the whole like the poster that you showed me where it's like this comedy is offensive is like Yeah. Kind of cause like the He is being, like, him being Offensive is like portrayed as a character flaw, like it's portrayed as something that, like, in you know, in a different movie, yeah, it would have been you know, the joke is the transphobic joke, but in this one, the joke is the uh, Priscilla Presley's, like, non, no selling it is, uh uh-huh. is, is, is the joke there, which, which, like, as you said, it is, it is surprisingly refreshing, like, even in, yeah, like, uh, you know, my. In like well-beloved movies, you would expect like from from that time there would be like a transphobic moment that is just like there. Like as the like the the example I can think of on top of my head is there's a there's a whole like funny cross-dressing bit in um in the Emperor's New Groove. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: and and that's uh,
0: from I, way later in the same decade yeah. too.
1: Yeah, like I mean, I I think. I think, in a way, like, that's the... that's And that circles back to what we said about, like, all the SNL movies being more offensive, is that we have somehow circled around in comedy, where what is considered offensive has, like, shifted a lot throughout the 90s, where... -hmm. Because, like, even in... I think watching, like, 70s or 80s comedy is like way less of a minefield yeah than watching the late 90s early 2000s comedy of the like snl era like yeah i think the the dice man's offensiveness at least in in the context of this movie is is really like in hindsight uh this is uh this is all like handled way better than it would be in um in like a Will or comedy (laughs)
0: exactly yeah because because it's exactly what we were talking about like it's it's coming from somebody who um the offensiveness is clearly shown to be a character flaw on his part
1: um yeah the joke of the the character like i think in uh this is the the thing that like in the in like an early two thousands comedy or in like a in a fret pack comedy uh mm-hmm. you know the 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 leading person developed into this like man child archetype that is yeah. like somehow repulsive but is also supposed to represent the viewer and it's uh, you know the the thing of those movies is that it Always to me, it always comes across as like a movie that like really hates its own audience, right? Like those, yeah. uh, those, those type of like Judd Apatow type, like frat mm-hmm. pack type comedies. And uh, th- whereas in 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 uh, you know on the other side, there's the there's the comedy trope of this character is like. Is like a cartoon character that you're supposed to laugh at, not laugh with. Yeah. In a way that it's, uh, you know, he is. I mean, even even fucking going back to Looney Tunes, like fucking Bugs Bunny <laughs> or like Daffy Duck, aren't like, you know, they're always like being shit and like being yeah. punished for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's just just way more enjoyable to 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 see this. Uh character as like someone who, you know, is the punchline often or is uh yeah. you know, is being kicked in the Nuts a bunch <laughs> for uh <laughs> for reasons he <it> deserves.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And it's it's so easy in like these 90s movies and it's so common for it to be that like if somebody reacts poorly to the main character's, you know, offensive, usually transphobic joke, um for you to see the character as like oh that's the bad guy that's obviously who you know yeah. you're you're meant to dislike them you're meant to root against them um but in this case i i don't get that vibe here and it's pa- like a lot of it is due to the fact that you know as we've already said um the offensiveness is his character flaw but also like Priscilla Presley's character ends up being completely innocent in all this yeah. um like the 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 compass of the movie is directing you away from thinking that the offensiveness is like anything remotely aspirational,
1: yeah yeah, and it's like the character where uh you know as i uh in like following this movie, when all the characters think that she is behind it. We as the viewer, like we immediately make the connection. No, of course not. Like because yep. we know how these uh, stories are written. So mm-hmm. again, like we we just always know that. Like uh, yeah, Colleen, like Priscilla Presley's character. Like it's uh, you know we're never meant to like see them as the villain.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like we're we're definitely meant to be like okay, something's going on. Yeah. But you know, that's completely neutral i yeah. guess you know there's
1: even a bit where uh dice or where ford finds a videotape of her having like weird kinky sex with uh gilbert yeah uh gottfried and you know even that like he he reacts or like he laughs it off or he reacts dismissively but like they're both like characters that you know it's it seems like it it's it isn't really portrayed as like that's a hateful thing uh, mm-hmm. to do that, it's more like, hey, here's these two freaks, but like you like them because you already like the Killbot Gottfried character.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. she's
1: like being like like a very like um, it's like a humiliation thing where like uh, mm-hmm. where like she's like bossing him, uh, and it's kind of charming. I don't know.
0: It is, yeah, and it's like I like that it's. I really like that it's a shock jock that this is yeah. you know that like it's somebody whose entire career is built around offending other people and making other people mad and um being an asshole to other people and then he's got this thing where he has to go see a dominatrix, you know? Yeah. To be humiliated. I like that. Um and it I like that it's actually something that's like built into the plot. Mm-hmm. Like I keep I keep I don't know what it is. I keep drawing these parallels to like movies from later in the 90s or the early 2000s. um, Just kind of movies that are in the same vein where it's this where it's a comedy and there's a guy main character. There's whatever. Um, But I feel like in any, in most other movies, if somebody finds a video of another character where they're you know getting humiliated by a dominatrix or whatever it isn't gonna play into the plot it's just gonna be another joke um at most it's gonna be a gag that just runs through the rest of the movie but in this it's like an actual clue yeah (laughs) that they have this relationship um and and i like that i like that it's more than just a gag
1: yeah and it's like it's still funny (laughs) it is (laughs) <laughs> like that's the other thing. Like because because it's Gilbert Gottfried, it's uh Right. It's it's still funny.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um can we okay,
0: just to like change change the course a little bit, mm-hmm. can we talk about Zuzu petals?
2: Zuzu petals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so She's the- she's like a groupie of Vince Neal's character, and for a while she's kind of a MacGuffin. Yeah. And they find her, and she's just this- she's- she's just this ditzy idiot, but she's so much fun- She rocks. She rules. (laughs) It's the part (laughs) where they go to the sorority- And he's getting inducted into the sorority as an honorary member and they're doing this chant and they like pan over to her and she's not taking part in it at all and she just does like the
1: jerk-off motion. (laughs) It's so good.
2: It's so good!
1: (laughs) There is. I I also really love the scene where like after he first like finds her and uh, they like go to his house and then uh, she starts Watching the TV, watching TV, and then he suddenly realized that uh, the bad guys are, like, planted bombs in his house. And it's just, like, there's just, like, a five-minute sequence where, like, everything in his house blows up.
0: Yeah, everything is exploding.
1: <laughs> That's so good. Like, it's, like, he, he sees that the micro... Because, like, uh, Zuzu is, like, oh, did you put something in the microwave? And he sees, like, the microwave is ticking down. And he's, like, oh, no, we gotta get out of here. And then, like, they run outside. And then it, like, doesn't blow up, and then she's like, oh, maybe it was just a pop-dart. Uh, yeah. and then, like, a second later, the the entire house explodes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's just a
1: really good comedic beat, like, I, It's uh, good. It, it's, it's good when shit blows up.
0: And I like that she, like, so, at the end of all of this, um, towards kind of the very end of it, she, she's the one who finds the Art Mooney star yes. on the walk of fame, because Art Mooney's been a clue, um, and she, she kind of, like, whatever is happening with Ford, and she, she's the one who looks down and is like, oh, look, it's your friend! And she points, and there's the Art Mooney star. And building up to that, there have been all these little moments where she's been, like, she's been shown to be, like, weirdly observant yeah, of things, like, the microwave, um, so it's, it's, it isn't just this one moment where suddenly she's, she finds this clue. We have already established that she, you know, notices things that other people don't. Yeah. Even though she's this airhead. She's so good. She's so much fun.
1: <laughs> she's so, like, I, I I was, like, that was another one of those characters where at first I was, like, not sure if this yeah. is gonna be, like, some really sexist, like, look at this dumb girl, but then I just realized that she's just, like, she just rocks, like, she just has so much uh, (laughs) fun, she's just such a fun presence. Yeah, Uh, It's... Her
2: Her stupid little headshot where she's making fucking hair
0: metal face, like, (laughs) hair bands made that face on their fucking album covers, and she's... It's so good. She's having a great time. Everybody's having a great time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the She's
0: great. She rules.
1: And it's like the movie isn't like being uh dismissive of her. Like that's the uh, uh-huh. that's that's the same thing with like all of these uh all of these characters that could have just been like a mean-spirited joke, but it's just like not played off. Uh exactly. Like that like it's it's just I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's also partly because all the actors are like clearly having fun. <laughs> That's, uh-huh. It's uh, <laughs> it just never comes across as like hateful.
0: Yeah, exactly. It isn't mean spirited towards them. It's um, it'd be so easy in other movies to, especially with female characters, yeah, to to write off their reactions to things as like, oh, she's being unreasonable. Um, she's just a bitch, she's just stupid, but it never feels like that with, like, any of the female characters. Like, you, you, like, I feel like Lauren Holly's character, like, Jazz, she, like, I, I understand where she's coming from, and I feel like the movie does too.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's the brains behind the whole, uh, yeah, operation, like, uh. You know, this is the it's the classic like the detective doing the uh doing the like hard boiled shit of like getting beat up and then there's a mm-hmm. there's a person who like runs the lab analysis and everything and like she does the computer stuff. Uh she's just I mean their their partnership is just played off like really well. Um Yeah with uh he like he says at the beginning she's the the only woman i trust or care for or something like that uh Mm -hmm. and you kind of immediately understand that relationship
0: Uh uh-huh and it's i think like when you said that that brought me back to when i was actually watching it and as he was saying that sentence i remember thinking oh it's gonna be um the only woman i trust but i think he actually says it's the only she's the only person i trust maybe yeah which was it was such a like fraction of a second moment in my brain and i just kind of went oh and (laughs) like but it was consistent through the rest of the movie he she really is the only person that he trusts he doesn't really trust anybody else like he's he's friends with gilbert godfrey's character but he's a fucking scumbag <laughs> and um yeah. they've also been like they they've kind of drifted yeah
1: they've been apart um, like for a they... while so
0: he ca- yeah he kind of can't you know yeah 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 i mean and,
1: um, i don't know it's uh i <laughs> i've been i've been thinking about this recently since uh k uh logged um, uh, when harry met sally on letterboxd uh <laughs> about about this thing how like that that movie has, like, the common criticism that uh, that it would uh, it, it says at the beginning like, one character says men and women can't be friends uh, and then the other says, no, they can uh, and then at the end they still get together, so maybe it does but it does say, like, the, co- the common criticism is that the movie at the end states that men and women can't be friends because they will get together at the end and that's how I viewed it for a while, but recently I've completely come around on that movie because I realized that it just like portrays their friendship as like a genuine friendship throughout mm-hmm. the movie, and uh, so that in the end when they get together, it doesn't feel like uh, you're cheated out of it, or it doesn't feel like oh this is just the obvious like straight romance ending, uh, mm-hmm. but it just feels like yeah you've uh, you've 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 understood their friendship in a way that it. Also makes sense as a relationship, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, this this movie does a similar thing where it's like, yeah, they get together at the end, but it shows like a a nice like friendship that already establishes that that then like yeah. in the end turns into a relationship, and that's like something that you very rarely see in a movie like mm-hmm. effectively done.
0: Yeah, it feels like it feels like a unique role. It feels like, and when I say unique, I mean it feels like. The things that are happening to these two people are happening specifically to these two people. Like I'm watching the relationship between these two individuals, and I don't feel like it's happening to you know female love interest character and male protagonist. Um, it feels like a specific pair of people. Yeah, you know, and that's the that's the difference, you know, because it's like I. The most recent thing I can think of is, like, I was watching some videos analyzing the the fucking terrible autism movie that Sia made, um, mm-hmm. where they're kind of comparing it to other movies about um, autistic characters and talking about how her movie felt bad and wrong and disingenuous because the character was less a character and more a prop. Like, there was yeah. nothing specific about her, and then the movies that do it well make it feel like the character is a unique individual, like you know specific traits that they have Um, and that's how kind of this relationship feels, like you know and and not just this relationship, but like the ones that feel genuine, the the ones that work on screen are the ones where you know the things that are specific to the two
2: individuals
0: involved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean
2: Yeah i was gonna say remember
0: when it turned out that murder cycle was good like that's how i feel about
1: this. <laughs> yeah it's like i i was really enjoying this like I, I had such a great time watching this movie and then i was like oh but what if you're gonna hate it so i i like, didn't <laughs> i i deliberately I didn't tell way. you how i uh how i felt about it so, so that we can that's have a good exactly discussion exactly how I felt. uh but like yeah the more we talk about it the more like positive things i have to say about this movie so yeah yeah watch fort fairland i guess watch it it's, uh, it's... Th-
0: remains to be seen if you should watch fucking brain smasher a love story which i guess we're gonna watch next week yeah
1: <laughs> i feel like it's gonna be i mean i'm, I'm glad we got this uh, yeah i'm glad we watched a good movie for once um it's yeah because as fun this... as fun as it is to talk about absolute garbage uh like those episodes are going to be funnier but I enjoy talking about <laughs> something good for a change
2: Yeah
0: yeah it's 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 something special when it happens it's yeah. a treat okay. Is this the best movie we've watched?
1: Easily. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Easily cuz yeah. the previous best one was uh son in law and that yeah. really fell apart in the third act. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the the whole like one like dragging thing, yeah, that happened yeah. there. Um, it is way better than son-in-law.
2: Oh yeah,
1: and you know the other. I mean, it's better than cornheads by miles. Oh yeah, uh, better than Cino Man, better than Young Einstein. So yeah,
0: <laughs> which like if it's better than son-in-law, then it's already way better than everything. But I mean, it's not a, yeah like because wasn't there like a pretty significant drop off between son-in-law and whatever came next in our ranking yeah I don't remember
1: yeah I think and I think either Encino Man or Coneheads was the second best uh, mm.
2: like either of those like,
1: yeah I mean that's the there's there's such a difference between this and Encino Man too. I was thinking about that too because that was the other one where as we watched through we were like well at least it's a movie like it feels like a movie but that <laughs> yeah, still feels a very like by the numbers Movie. Exactly, you know, and this feels like mm-hmm. love went into it, or like yeah, some you know thought went into it. uh Yeah, it's like this is this is not just a competently made movie, but like this is a good movie. I think
2: it is.
0: It is. Watch it. <laughs> it's on the inter- it's on the <laughs> it's internet, <laughs> internet archive. Internet. You do not have to pay a cent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's available <laughs> in like good quality because it's like right. It flopped and it never really got the like rediscovery or restoration. Yeah. Fucking criterion get on it.
0: <laughs> criterion get the fuck <laughs> on it. Balls in your court.
1: Yeah, the other like on um uh, on my uh, Patreon podcast for Who Watches The Watch, we uh we watched a bunch of like quote unquote bad movie musicals and uh <laughs> on that one the the like big Revelation was Grease Two, which was a great time, <laughs> despite being like badly received. And when I was watching this, I was thinking, "This is Grease Two for the fellas." <laughs> uh, like it's
2: just it's just a great
1: time. Uh, I I I want to just just so that it doesn't get unmentioned. Uh, I want to shout out to the way the main antagonist uh wayne newton is dealt with which is uh he is drenched in an alcoholic milkshake and then fort Farrell flicks a cigarette at him and he like <laughs> blows up
0: he gets the fucking jeff the killer death
1: yeah does it work He's that wh- way no but is no. it is it is it great to see yes it fucking yes, rocks it rules and he was
0: gonna take morris day out into a and Alley and have him killed yeah. by kenny g i'm not about that it's i want to i want the uh sequel where wayne newton comes back and his hair is turned black and his skin is white and he has no nose
1: <laughs> yeah like for a for a movie that is like such a like th- that 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 has like this pulpy origin of like being like newspaper short stories and uh uh-huh. And like DC comic books, like for such a comic booky movie, it's like a perfectly like pulpy comic booky way to deal uh, with the antagonist. Um,
0: it is. It's yeah,
1: yeah. And I think that it's a good movie. Watch it. That's it for me. This is where the song, uh, the song "Cradle of Love" by Billy Idol was written for this movie, oh, yeah. and uh, and went to number two in the charts.
2: Hell yeah! Dude. This is okay.
1: Let's just. Give another big fuck you to the <laughs> to the Resi, the Golden Raspberry Awards. Uh, this one, yeah. worst picture, uh, worst actor for Andrew Dice Clay, um, worst screenplay. Which I mean, none of these make any sense to me. Um, yeah. It also got both Gilbert Gottfried and Wayne Newton for not were nominated for worst supporting actor, which is like even more. Outrageous!
0: That's the biggest lie ever told. The movie is good. Fuck the raspberries.
1: Yeah, I mean it is. It is clown award show. It's <laughs> it can't be, it can't be said. Yeah, enough. They they just never get it right.
2: Never. They don't know what they're doing.
1: They just. <laughs> I mean the the resies are like very clearly like to me, and it's in- it's interesting to see how consistent it is is they just give the award for whatever in that year had the popular perce- perception of being hated. Yeah, and that just like keeps being like Showgirls won uh, worst movie, worst movie even that got like that genuinely got like a critical reevaluation in the past few years. You know, uh, yeah, last year Blonde one worst picture which i heard bad things about it but at least that seems like a movie that is like you know not boring (laughs) like i'm sure there were worse movies it's just something that people right here's okay here's one from last year just to see that just to um so that everyone knows that there's still a joke is that worst supporting actor last year was won by tom hanks for elvis which. In my IMO, was one of his most enjoyable performances. He played a character who, in real life, was completely insane and ridiculous, uh, and he actually like played him like that. So, <laughs> giving him worst actor just means you don't know about who uh, Colonel Tom was in real life.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Razzies are just the most hated awards. That's all this is.
1: Just and I think close. on that note, I think I'm ready to close this chapter on on Fort Fairlane. I think this is maybe the only movie we watched that I would like, genuinely le- recommend watching. Yeah. Um Absolutely. Yeah, like even I think the only like I can't I can't like the only like negatives I can say is that like, you know, maybe the plot is a bit convoluted, uh Maybe it's not perfectly paced, but it is like mm-hmm. as a B movie, it's like as good as it gets.
0: It's fun. It's fun, it's enjoyable.
1: Alright, what are we watching next?
0: Uh fucking so I think we actually watched uh started this season out of order. Mm-hmm. Um because Andrew Dice Clay does not have a whole lot of like actual movies. No. Um the only other movies where he has like a significant enough role for us to talk about them uh are this one and then two others and one of them actually came out before this one. I think this is the the movie we need to start with though because Yeah. Um
1: I mean the other ones it's, were it's... no, the other the other ones were released after this cuz we have uh this was 1990 and now he had Brainsmasher oh. a love story in 93. And No Contest also in, in 95, uh, which I believe No Great. Contest was, like, direct-to-video or something. Yeah, um, I think
0: both of these were direct-to-video, so...
1: <laughs> he's had one movie before this where he had, like, a major role, was a movie called Casual Sex. Uh, yeah, where with a question uh, mark. Where he was, I think, the love interest. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, which is deranged. It's... Honestly, it's got good reviews on Letterboxd, like, uh, it seems like this is also um, a movie that kind of uh, is better than its initial reception was. But Dice is not the main role. Like I think right. I think okay. in this on this podcast the unofficial rule we have is the sicko needs to be on the poster.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to be a selling point of yeah. it. And he he was not a selling point of casual sex nineteen eighty eight or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. So next up, Brain Smasher: A Love Story. Hope I can find it somewhere.
1: <laughs> yep. I'm a
0: little bit nervous oh, this that was I'm not going to actually
1: directed anymore. by. Okay, this is interesting. Uh, yeah. Brain Smasher: A Love Story was directed by Albert Pune, who is a guy who died this year, I believe. Huh. Um, and Rip. he is a kind of iconic, like B movie director. Uh, okay. Oh no, he died last year. He died in November last okay. year, but he is known to have made a lot of, like, low-budget B-movies, uh, some of them being... Uh, oh, dull, man ...being code favorites. Like, Nemesis is, I think, the most well-regarded, uh, which is, like, a, a pretty, pretty well-loved um, cyberpunk B-movie. He made the Captain America movie from the 90s.
2: Great. Um,
1: He did Cyborg with Jean Claude Van Damme, Uh, so you know. I think, I think this might be at least enjoyable in a different way. (laughs) Oh yeah, he made Radioactive Dreams, which looks really interesting. Like, uh, he made something wanting to watch.
0: He made something called Bullet Face.
1: Fantastic.
0: (laughs) Great. I can't wait. I hope I can find it. Yeah, it's gonna be the biggest challenge. Yeah, because judging by the fact that uh, it's on IMDb, it says video, <laughs> uh, you know, and not film or whatever. Is I don't know. If, I don't know if that's necessarily a great sign. Uh, we'll see. It's not TV movie, so that's yeah, <laughs> different category. But yeah, I guess um, I don't know what our sign out for this is gonna be.
1: Uh, uh I already know what the theme
0: song's gonna be, so we've we've been over that.
1: Oh what's it gonna be?
2: D- fucking EMF unbelievable!
1: Oh of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unbelievable.
2: Yep. It's unbelievable.
1: Uh I guess see you next time. I don't know, we'll figure out yeah. something maybe.
0: I guess the sign out I guess the I feel like the intro and the sign out both need to be Oh
1: Yeah. And to Dice Clay, I fucked him.
0: Oh! I fucked him! Yeah, there we go! (laughs) I fucked him! Oh! You're unbelievable! You're so unbelievable! You're unbelievable!